Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for stopping by. This is Quick Time, the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and we are talking sprint car racing in Nebraska. Later on in this episode, we are going to be joined by Stu and Kendall Snyder. Stu is the driver of the SLS Motorsports 23S in the 360 division, as well as the KRL Motorsports number no. 5 in the 305 IMCA Race Every Class. And Kendall is the owner of Relentless Promotions in Lincoln, Nebraska. So stay tuned. Check that interview out here on a little bit. But first, we're going to jump into a quick recap of this past week's racing action. Starting off with US 36 Raceway in Osborne, Missouri, we saw Tyler Drukey from Eagle, Nebraska, topping the 20-car field over Stu Snyder. And moving on from US 36 Raceway, we go to the Bethany Fairgrounds in Bethany, Missouri, where we saw Tyler Drukey once again picking up the victory over Shaley Bade and Jay Russell. Also that same night in Park Jefferson, South Dakota, we saw Elliot Omdahl picking up the victory over Cody Ledger and Colin Smith. And looking ahead to next week, and we have a couple of races for the Sprint Series in Nebraska as they take on the US 36 Raceway on Friday night. On Sunday night, they are going to take on the new Raceway Park in Jefferson, South Dakota. I believe this is the first time that the Sprint Series in Nebraska is going to be tackling that tight little bull ring. I've been there one time with the 360s a couple of years ago. It's a cool little place. If you ever have a chance, I highly recommend you checking it out. And now we are going to go ahead and jump into our interview with Stu Snyder. Yeah, you damn right. I got the out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Deep tent. Uh-huh. Well, they wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Come here, come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, so we're here with Stu Snyder, driver of the KRL Motorsports uh, number five and the SLS Motorsports 23S in the 360 division. How's it going, Stu? That's going pretty good, man. All right, you're off. You actually got back in a race car this weekend uh, off a second place finish at US 36 and a fourth place up at Park Jefferson. Uh, tell us about your weekend. Oh, it was pretty good. You know, we. Uh, it was good to be able to get the car out of the shop instead of looking at the thing. And we were able to hit the road and travel south down 29 on Friday and had a pretty good run on a on a pretty tricky racetrack. It was pretty technical, and, and they had gotten a bunch of rain on the night, you know, Thursday night. So the uh, track was real heavy. track was pretty rough. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we appreciate all the work that they put into getting that show in they actually decided friday at like 12 30 if they were going to race or not so it was good to be able to get out and go racing and we had a good night we're going to have to find a little bit more speed if we're going to keep up with that damn 12 car but uh you know tyler and his team they got that thing rolling again right off the bat and we do too we just got to uh just get just a little bit better and i think we'll be fine right on then and then uh you know, then we cruised up, you know, Saturday, we cruised up Highway 29 North and ended up in Park Jefferson there for a show. And hit the ball, you know, right out of the gate. Car was uh, quick time and hot laps. Car was really good. Didn't make a whole lot of changes. Um, went out and we did, we got a good start in the heat race and got the lead and, and didn't really leave them on that deal, which, uh, you know, kind of had me thinking a little bit, okay, what do we got to do to this thing to be? to be just a little bit quicker so we can, you know, get away from them a little better there in the feature and had a great initial start on the feature. We actually kind of redrew pretty bad. We started eighth and, uh, we took the lead coming down the backstretch going into turn three and 
when the yellow come out, I kind of thought they called, they were going to call me for jumping it. But, uh, I think Cody Ledger and somebody else got tangled up and spun around and they gave me a little warning, but, uh, <laughs> I wish they would have had a two ray radio on that deal. Cause I didn't, I didn't really jump the start. I just, I didn't go in the slick. I stayed in the moisture and you know, that, that just, that helps <laughs> you stay in the moisture, stay where it's tacky. Yeah, I definitely yeah. saw the video of that, and it looked like down that backstretch you were just plowing through a cornfield. I mean, you shot out of there like a rocket coming off of two. Yeah, yeah, we, and then and then coming off of two, the wind actually blew a couple of the cars sideways, and it blew me off the track, but that was actually better because there was moisture on the backstretch off the racetrack a little bit, and we were able to grab a hold of it and shoot to the lead there. And there was a few times through the feature that happened to me, and, and we were able to get past either a car or so or we were able to get past a lap car but uh no it was, it was overall it was a good weekend it was fun like i said to be able to get out of the shop and and go do a little bit of racing and hopefully mother nature kind of helps us out again this weekend and we're able to jump back on the on i-29 and, and go south on friday and go go north on uh saturday or uh sunday for sure so should be a good weekend hopefully mother nature leaves us alone yeah, right on. Uh, talk about US 36 a little bit more. That track has not been your friend in the past, but lately, every time you've been there, you've had a good car. You've been in contention to win. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about that place. I think I just keep going back because I know that if I win at it, if I win there once, I probably don't want to go back ever again. But at the same time, you know, since that place uh, literally uh, killed me in a helicopter and 2012 we we haven't really ran that bad there since we've we've had good runs in the 360 we finished second a couple times we've i really don't think we finished worse than fourth there in the last few years with the 305 so you know we've got a lot of second place runs um where we've had to come from a, a crappy redraw again because i never can seem to draw or redraw but uh, that place has just eluded me that win, and I really want to get it there so I can just prove prove to it and myself, you know, maybe, hey, here you go. I beat you finally after I don't know how long we've been running off and on down there, but it's been a lot of years. Yeah, I know I've seen you down there quite a few years. I mean, back in the old uh, Don, William, Don Williams 2D, you ran there, uh, ran in the 23S uh, with Eldon a couple times in that car. So, I mean, I've yeah. seen you there plenty of times. Yeah, it's you know, there's pretty much anytime there's a race there, um, we end up there. And, you know, it's it's always a, it's a fun little racetrack, and, and it can be a, a real pain in the butt sometimes when it roughens up or, or whatnot. But, you know, the, the place just keeps – it just keeps coming – yeah, and like I said, I mean, I just want to beat it just once. Yeah, it'd be kind of like a big fuck you to that racetrack. You go in there and you finally knock off that victory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would be a, a huge relief. And and it would just, you know, here you go, you bastard. You killed me. Now I'm back and I finally beat you. Yeah, definitely. Um, Now, going from that bull ring, you're going to be up at a tight little bull ring on Sunday night at the New Raceway Park there in uh, Park Jefferson. You ran there with the 360. uh what do you like about that racetrack and how's that going to differ with the 360 with the Union 305 this time? Yeah. You know, that, uh, that place is tricky. It, it, if it would stay heavy, I think it would be a lot of fun. And it, 
it's it's just a little bull ring and it's high banked and it's fun and i when i used to drive by it when i was a kid and we were traveling up there all the time we always drove past because they didn't have any sprint car races or anything like that and and we had always thought man you know if, if a guy flipped down the backstretch hard enough they might end up on 29 and you know we've always kind of joked about that and that place is oh it, it's a lot of fun in a sprint car you if, if you get to ripping around there just it's insane how fast and then the high banks hold you real well and uh it'll be i'm looking forward to it i'm I'm hoping that they actually get a little bit of rain on saturday to kind of help those guys out and you know then it makes it a little bit easier for them to keep some moisture in that thing and we can be able to rip that place yeah i've always thought that racetrack would be a badass place for for a midget i mean the size of it is great for those cars. I mean, the sprint cars put on a hell of a show there. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't imagine that place in a midget. That would be, that would be awesome. That would be like a you know a little miniature Belleville High Banks. That would be cool. And yeah, I don't really know if a non-wing sprint car would be too fun there, but I I know a midget would be amazing. Yeah, and speaking of the Belleville, I mean, you ran your first, I believe your first midget ever uh, at Belleville. Put that in the show with uh, the Felker car. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, you know, we, we just kind of looked into that deal and, uh, he had a spare car sitting there and I went over and I asked him and he asked me if I had any midget experience. I said, well, you know, I was a crew chief and in California, uh, working alongside Jerome Rodella and Andy Bondio and, you know, guys, you know, with big names, I was trying to throw names out there. So he might put me in the thing and, and, uh, so we don't have hot lap one and whatnot. And, he said, well, if you think you can do it, I said, well, I think I can. I know I can. I grew up around this place. I know what it, I know what it kind of takes to be able to get around, to get around here and get around here fast, you know, and, and you respect the place because I seen a couple of my good friends from California end up getting hurt there. Um, you just kind of respect it. And I put the thing up on the fence and I never lifted and, and we had a good run. And then we went back there a couple times in my own car and did the same thing, made the shows and, you know, ran in the top 10. And it, it's a lot of fun. That's, that was something that was really, really uh, cool to me, you know, to be able to run a race that I've basically been growing up and, and watching every year. We used to pull the camper down there, my mom and my dad and my sister, and we'd, we'd go to the Belleville Nationals. I mean, that's just what we did every year. And finally I got to run it and I didn't suck at it. I put the thing in the show and I, I drove my butt off to do it. It was, it was pretty cool. Now, unfortunately they don't run the midgets there anymore, but you, you have a pretty good time in the, in the sprint car. They got a big three Oh five race out there in the middle of the season. And, uh, I know, I know you get, every time you get a chance to go out there, you do with the sprint car. Is there a big difference running that track between a midget and a sprint car? Well, I mean, I think the track, you know, pretty much still races the same but uh you know you know those guys with the fairboard and everybody that's involved with that deal this the last couple of years you know it's it's awesome it's uh it's got great pay um it's just a great group of guys that uh that didn't want to see a historic place like that you know get pushed under the rug and, and ended up you know where it'd be growing weeds so uh you know, that, that place is, I ran it in midgets. I've ran it four tens. I've ran it three sixties. I've ran it three Oh fives. I think the only thing I haven't ran it in was, it was anything with a door. I haven't ran nothing there with a door, but, uh, that place is just, you know, it's special to me and, and it's great to be able to go back there every year and still 
still be able to put on a race and and have the you know what they're kind of building it into to keep that thing open and keep it going and yeah they only run a couple times there a year i think we have a show down there the first part of july i think it's july 3rd or something we're there with the urss and you know we kind of use that as a little bit of a, a break the ice test session to to make sure we're still we still have the speed because you know that place is basically you're not really racing other cars per se you're you're more or less racing the racetrack and seeing exactly how fast your equipment can go because at the end of the night yeah everybody says oh we were the fastest car we won well there might have been nights where there was nights when we won races where we weren't the fastest car but at belleville you have to be the fastest car because you're literally going as fast as that car can possibly go anywhere you know in, in its lifetime that's as fast as it's going to go right there at belleville now you mentioned that you use that early race as a test session um due to the the virus that's going around right now we haven't gotten a whole lot of races but you did get a couple of practice sessions in uh at eagle raceway when you do those sessions you're not in race conditions or anything like that so are you just learning are you learning anything with the car or is it just to keep the the driver from being rusty you know, I, I think it's a little bit of, of the driver knocking the rust off. And and uh, then, secondly, it's making sure that you did your homework at the shop, that you built the car right, everything's tight, everything's right like it's supposed to be. Then, you know, you use that third session or that fourth session to say, okay, now let's let's either try some setups or let's just try and be as consistently smooth as we can and hit the same marks and see where our lap times are at. You know, that, that's really what the practices are about. That, and we just wanted to get out of the damn shop. You know, we, get, we spend all this time and money and effort and, and everything else building these cars. And we want to get out there and get out there. And then this virus stuff hit and everything kind of shut down. And we thought, well, okay, it sounds like Eagle's going to start racing in May. We better, uh, we better get out there and, and at least turn a lap. That way, you know, we know for sure the first night that we're going to be able to hit the ground running and not have any, you know, little gremlins pop up with the car or anything like that. And, and then also, you know, like I said, knocking the dust off the driver. Um, iRacing's fun. We've been doing it pretty much all winter, and we're still doing it every Thursday night with the Knoxville guys in that little series that we got going on. But, uh, you know, nothing, nothing can shake the rust off like hopping back in the seat for a few laps. Right on. Now, with the eye racing stuff, I've I've never done it before. But how realistic is that uh, simulator versus actually driving a race car? You know, I tell you, about the only thing, and I think I can, you know, speak for a lot of us dirt guys. Uh, I've done a little bit of the pavement stuff, but not a whole bunch. But you know, the dirt guys, it's it's pretty close um, as far as your you know your hand eye coordination, your feet, the way the track progresses through the night and goes kind of slick or starts to build a cushion or um you know you have to be in a certain line to be fast and not, and not be in the slick and everything else and i uh it, it's it's realistic I, I think about the only thing that it don't give you is that little rumble in your in your seat you know and, and the g-force getting into the corner other than that it's it's spot on they really did a great job uh creating the game with the dirt and then also, um, you know, when they're scanning the scanning the the racetracks and everything, it, the Knoxville feels like Knoxville, um, or at least you know it acts like it. I guess it can't feel like it, but 
it's it's spot on about every track that they've got on there for us on the dirt program is is spot on yeah i was talking i was talking to rodney drought actually earlier today and he he mentioned that one thing that he finds super realistic but without the the impacts or anything like that is when you get upside down in night racing he says it's exactly the same as in a, in a regular sprint car with the exception of the the impacts of the the flip yeah yeah it's crazy like they they've they've kind of created a better uh i guess what you'd want to call a crash or damage model and it made it a lot more realistic it used to be when the game first came out you kind of bump that fence and and stuff and and the car would still be fast now if you bump the fence you can tell you've got some damage the car starts reacting differently um you know you you, you just have more issues and I guess the only difference is, is in, in the game, we get a hit reset, you know, in real life, we've got to go, uh, we've got to go to the speed shop and get us some new, new parts. Yeah. Right on. So earlier in the, in the interview or in the podcast, you mentioned that, uh, you got to find a little bit more speed to beat that 12 of Tyler Drukey. You got your chances coming up this weekend with, uh, two race, uh, not back to back, but two races this weekend with the sprint sprint series in Nebraska. Uh, what's it going to take to beat him? And I don't know. You know, he's 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 kind of like the Donnie Shots a little bit as far as he's had the same crew guys, which which I have, but he's had the same cars, he's had the same shocks, and and we've been trying to find a little bit of speed here and there with changing some stuff up the last few years, and and now I feel like we got on a shock package with the 360 car last year. And with momentum racing suspensions, um, with Kirk and with Brad, and uh, we've been able to find a lot more speed with that. And we kind of we're using them a little bit last year on the 305, and this year we we just Roger went and got a set from them. So now both cars have the same shocks on them. Pretty much both cars usually have the same torsion bars in them, and and they're both the same cars. We we run JR ones, and and of course you know Myers builds a hell of a hell of an engine package underneath the hood of both in of both cars and uh i think we've got we've got it we've just we've uh we've got to have a little bit of luck go our way with probably the draw and the redraw where we're not so buried back in the back and we can be able to get up there and, and run with him and, and hopefully we can beat him thanks again for doing doing it again unfortunately we had those technical difficulties i thought we had a really good conversation uh yesterday and We'll get you yeah, back. We'll get you yeah, back we, on and we'll we had, tell some stories. We had, you know, stories. Kindle on there with her powder puff wins, and I think she's got more wins on the year right now than I do, but hopefully we're going to be able to change that this weekend. We can put two of them up there on the board and add some stickers to the tail tank. Yeah, sounds good. All right, man. Good luck, and thanks again. All right, I want to thank Stu once again for jumping on with us again. We had a good conversation yesterday. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties on my end with the recording. Once the interview was over, I came back home and tried downloading the uh, – the audio file off the memory card and the file was corrupt. So unfortunately we had to do it again. Uh, we'll definitely get on back on cause we had some good road stories of him and I traveling up and down the road with the NCRA tour way back in the day in like 2007 and some good stories about tornadoes chasing us and whatnot. So definitely get him back on and, uh, thanks again for checking out the podcast make sure you subscribe to it. Leave us a comment or anything like that on any of your podcast apps that you can, and we'll catch you on the flip side.